0: The problem is not only the interface and the superficial interface of being the intermediary between insurance company and customer, but if you want to really change the needle, you need also to change the insurance companies and insurance product itself
1: So people are asking me, you know, what platform can you listen to this podcast on? And I know for some of the longtime listeners, you're probably using iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and, you know, there are, uh, you know, so many different platforms that you can use, but others are asking, well, when is it released? And I just tell them every Thursday there are new episodes. So uh, if this is your first time listening, click that subscribe button so you can get all of the new episodes once they're released. Um, You know, so uh, there's been so much happening in the space in the industry. Me personally, I'm going to be at InsureTech Insights in london next week participating on a panel and uh also you know giving a speech about transformation and innovation in terms of what's happening here in the u.s as well as visiting some of the other um, uh, reinsurers that we engage with on the Lloyd's market. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, hopefully I get the opportunity to see some of you at InsureTech Insights in London. So, you know, before we jump in, I do want to recognize the sponsor of this episode of the podcast. And that's the rising insurance star executives or rise for short. They're the insurance industry's fastest growing young professionals group with the mission to springboard rising talent and attract more young people to enter the industry by changing its image. Now, the group has gained significant momentum since being founded in 2017. Rise offers its members discounts and scholarships to conferences, resources like free CE webinars, internship connections, a job board and host an annual award profiling 10 rising leaders. It's free to join Rise. So check them out at www.riseprofessionals.com. So today I have the pleasure of speaking with Chris Veens, the co-founder and chief executive officer of GetSafe, an insure tech that's vying to make getting coverage easy. Hey, Chris, it's a pleasure to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. It's going to be great to talk to you.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. Really excited
1: about it. Hey, you know, so I, I, always find this, you know, really interesting when I see co-founders and founders like yourself, you know, coming into the insurance industry and, and transforming this space, though your, your full background hasn't been in insurance. So, you know, Chris, if you don't mind, you know, talk to me about your history prior to starting GetSafe. Um, and then what led you to the point of really wanting to transform and innovate the insurance industry?
0: That's a very good question. And I'm always asking myself how, how I landed in the insurance industry at the end of the day. I think one answer might be that we are, as you might know, are in Germany. So and Germany is like a country where where everybody's excited about kind of excited about insurance. So people really like like this product. We have the two largest insurance companies in the world, Allianz and Munich Re being here. So that might be a reason. But uh, originally, I studied mechanical engineering. So I'm an engineer by, by education. And But then I, I had two moments that really were intriguing for me and interesting. One was that my parents have a business, so they need to have a lot of insurance. It makes all sense. But they all manage this um, in, in tons of ring binders and shoeboxes. And they have all this paper. And when I finished university, I asked them, hey, how, how do you keep the overview of all this stuff? Um, and, and and they told me, essentially, we have no, no overview and we don't know exactly what we have and where and what we pay and what changes. And so that was step one. And that also what was the reason why I decided to start with a proposition in the first step to be a digital broker that helps people just aggregate all the insurance coverage they have and pay for normally and do that in a mobile, sleek, App where every everything is digitized. And the other moment was when, like I myself, again, I I finished university and then I started working my first startup that was in another space. And then, like two years after university, I am I, um, like in the apartment where I, where I, where I, where I lived, I I broke a glass and and of course you need to pay this to the landlord because if you break something of somebody else, you need to pay for it. And, and that's when liability coverage uh, comes in place. And I asked my parents, hey, am I still covered through your liability coverage, which I was used to be as a student? And they told me, oh, we, we have no idea, to be to be honest. And the point was that if you drop university, you're not covered anymore bo- when nobody's telling you. Because, again, they had no overview. So I had to pay for this. Um, it wasn't like that expensive, a few thousand euros or dollars. And so that was the two points and moments in my my life when I decided, hey, this insurance industry is kind of broken and there's a way to make this better. And uh, then I just started.
1: Yeah. you know, that's that's, uh, really where I see uh, innovators begin to jump into this industry. Um, It truly becomes based on their personal experience and some of the challenges that they face as they hope to transform and change the experience as to what they're providing and what they're seeing. So, you know, so Get Safe Insurance, right? It's a, it's an organization that, um, you know, delivers specific types of coverages through applications and, you know, you offer some coverages. But, you know, if you don't mind, Chris, you know, talk to me specifically about the value proposition of GetSafe um, and then what you all are providing uh, in terms of uh, the changes in customer experience. And and just uh, you know driving the, the the types of coverages and product that you're doing today.
0: Sure, I think to like to, to put it in a in an easy way and in a sentence, get safe is get an insurance company that is purely built on te- technology rather than on agents, brokers, phone calls, call centers, paperwork, and all this kind of stuff that's normally attached to insurance. Um, and what what we think. What's, what's changing when you, when you use GitSafe is like where traditional insurance relies on, on, on a network of all these uh, agents. And so um, in our case, our customer gets a very familiar app-based experience. So everything happens through an app. And where traditional insurance expe- expects kind of paperwork and at GitSafe, you can expect a few taps on a screen and things are done and like where, where incumbents or traditional insurance companies make it really difficult or a hassle to change things in your coverage when, when like your life changes you get married or you get divorced or whatever you get a child you buy something um, we make it really easy to upgrade and customize your coverage based on your life situation still uh, through your phone so essentially it's an insurance product an insurance company that works through your phone and that you can control and adapt and change with a few taps.
1: So, so Chris, you know, as I look at how you deliver your product, um, you know, delivering it through an application might seem simple on the front end, but I would assume that on the back end, there's a lot of data um, and information that needs to be plugged in in order for you to provide the right Pricing and the right level of coverage, right? You know. So first and foremost, you know, my first question is, you know, are you all considering yourselves truly an insurance company or a technology company? And then my second question is, what specifically powering uh, GetSafe as you're providing the coverages to the customers that are looking for it?
0: Yeah, that's a hard question to answer. Of course, for the customer, we are their insurance company, and every and we do everything around their coverage, starting from. Uh, designing the product, um, uh, defining the terms and conditions, um, claims, underwriting, we do everything. We are one of the companies that doesn't have an own license. So we work with one of the largest reinsurance companies in the world, Munich Re, that underwrites our risks. We don't have them in our own books, but we definitely consider us as an insurance company, like in in the formal sense. Then, of course, everything we do is tech-related. And the founders here, uh, so Mars and me and the whole team, is a tech tech technology team and had no idea of insurance before. Um, So the answer is um, yes and no, kind of. We see ourselves as an insurance company, but we do it in another way. We think that it's cool, especially at the beginning, to outsource regulation and all the complicated stuff that incumbents are really good at and focus on the technology and customer experience part. And to your second question, um, we have a journey behind us because we started in 2015, so almost four years ago, um, and we started as a digital broker because I wanted to solve the problem of my parents to aggregate all this clutter of uh, insurance paper contracts and put it in one app. And there we acted as a broker and helped people like Buy additional insurance and compare prices and all this this kind of stuff. And there, it was only there that we really deeply recognized that the problem is not only like the interface and the superficial interface of being the intermediary between insurance company and customer, but if you want to really change the needle, you need also to change the insurance companies and insurance product itself, because otherwise you you're very limited on the customer experience and how you can change it. So we decided to do this, and there was a second step in the evolution, because, of course, first of all, before we talked about the front end and the, and the app and everything, and you asked me about the back end. And yes, at the end of the day, we had to change and rebuild the whole back end, starting from the core insurance system, that means the policy admin system, but also going to marketing and reaching all claims. So everything that like the customer does experience, we have rebuilt it from scratch. And the reason was because we started working with a core system that we bought from a third-party provider. It wasn't Guidewire, but Guidewire is one of the big examples of, of providers that build insurance core systems. And what we recognize is that these systems essentially are built for companies that still rely on a, like uh, insurance company, agent, customer relationship. So they're not built for direct digital distribution and customer service and everything. And it make and, and they also don't think like modern company with microservices, weekly, daily, hourly release day, uh, cycles and all this kind of stuff. So yes, we had to rebuild everything from scratch. And now uh, this is, I think, also the secret sauce that we have to deliver this great new customer experience.
1: Yeah. And I I would agree with you. So, you know, a little bit earlier on, you mentioned that, you know, it it was more uh, about it was more than being about just the front end customer experience and making sure that you transform the entire lifecycle and value chain, um, you know, as you got uh, through your process. So, you know, you all wound up selling uh, the original digital agency that that you built in order to focus more on the insurance side. Um, and then, uh, you know, began to to make that partnership with um, Munich Re work out. Now, now Munich—it's uh, it's an organization that I hear uh, about all the time, especially in this insurance space. That's really one that's forward-thinking and and partnering with insure techs, um like yourself to to get out there and and to to, to transform different aspects of the insurance uh, value chain. Now, you know, there's the. Other piece of it um, of everything else that comes along with insurance, especially when you start talking liability and and life and health and um, you know P and and other areas that that you all are in, which which we'll get to soon. But you know um, when it comes to a customer actually needing to file for a claim or or get replacement of their product. How are you all changing that part of the customer experience? Or is that also in partnership with either a TPA or a company like Munich Re?
0: Yeah, that's like the moment of truth, of course, for customers. And I think that for us, it was important to build the whole experience around this moment of truth. Um, the moment when you really need insurance. Of course, we are looking to like, bridge the gap in the future between normal daily human needs. Because you never wake up and say, hey, I need a policy. For liability or renters but you wake up and say i'm hungry i need to go to work i have to care about my family so i think the the long-term vision for us is really um even preventing uh, things to happen and and thinking having a different thinking more life attached around risk but um what we're doing right now is that first of all you have one single point of contact for all your kind of claims cases being it liability being it something connected with your bro- uh, drone which is something we offer, or being it something connected to the, to your health, where we offering dental insurance for the moment. So it's just the app still, and there we have a very personal experience where Carla, which is our chatbot that is available twenty four seven, is really guiding you through the whole process of, of of filing a claim and also getting all the answers that you need in this situation and the support and. Then the big question, of course, how can we be better um, at at yeah at helping you in a in a claims case? And I think there's two, two two ways we can do this. First of all, is being quicker, and we definitely are quicker because um, there are some claims that we can settle immediately and pay the money out within some minutes. Um, but that's everybody's talking about this. But I, I think that only few companies really have a very relevant share. Of fully automated claims. But that's important because people want security and want to know, is this covered or isn't it covered? And the second thing is availability and also like kind of personal advice around it. That's why we still have customer service. So our chat was available 24 seven. And, but there are some cases when, first of all, you want to talk to a person and there we have our team that then, picks the conversation up and, and continues and then we have very special and complicated cases and in this case we use a TPA that is specialized on some especially large liability cases um, where there they have experts that we didn't hire yet um, and they they help the customer there it's still a very consistent get every experience but it's a mix of all and we think that the most important thing is to keep it very personal and fast but also professional and that's why why we have selected this setup.
1: Yeah, and um, and and you know, with insurance, right? Especially if you start backwards from the customer, um, you know that is the absolute most important thing, right? You know, when when uh, customers deal with insurance companies like yourself and, and like others, you know typically they're only touching and engaging with those companies i i think the ratio is one and a half times a year right that that one time of course is is when they're paying uh, for the premium and then that other half time and not everybody um uh, engages in this way but it's when there's a claim and and that's the reason why they're looking to, to buy that those policies you know so the customer experience on the payment of the claim side or on the consultation becomes really important, you know, especially as you all are, um, you know, getting much more volume into your organization and um, and as you partner and deal with, with the TPAs, uh, you know, what, what what you start to realize is those TPAs really become an extension of your organization. So how they treat the customer experiences Um, what the expectation is gonna be from you, whether or not it's on one side of the scale or or the other. Um, You know, so uh, as uh, you all have grown, I gotta say it's been fairly tremendous. You know, you went from zero to nearly 50,000 policies over a short period of time. Now, um, as I even look at some of the personal lines providers direct, uh, domestically and also internationally, like in South Africa and in and, and other European countries, you know, uh, a lot of them uh, still haven't even reached that point of hitting... Uh, close to 50,000 policies. So number one, um, you know, how did you guys get there so quickly? Um, and I'm saying quickly, even though it was a couple over a couple of years, just because there are some that haven't even reached that point. Um, and then number two, you know, how are the customers and even your competitors um, uh, seeing the success uh, that you all are, have? You know, how are they reacting to that?
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks. First of all, I, I think it's it's uh, it's a great achievement, but it also has been a journey, as you said. So we didn't achieve this over over overnight. Um, as I said, two fifteen, we started as a digital broker, um, and we 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 quickly scaled this to to twenty thousand customers, and we like managed one hundred thousand policies, but for other insurance carriers. Of course, we were just the broker, and it was only then when we realized, as I said, that we need to start our own insurance company to really change the customer experience. And and as you also mentioned, we then had the opportunity also sell our brokerage unit to a big media corporation here last year uh, in Germany. And we're fully focusing on being a a digital, fully digital insurance company now. And so the growth to 50,000 policies was something that we realized just in the last 10 months um, um, of, of selling our very own product. And so this is really super quick. And I think there's there's two reasons for for it. First of all, we didn't start yesterday. So what we have built here in terms of the the proposition of our own insurance product is something that we have essentially been working on for four years, already as we were a broker, because it's, it was then when we learned about what do customers really want, How do I do distribution? what are right channels. So we started with a, we have we are 45 people here, so we already started with an experienced team that knows something about insurance of this broker time, and now applied it to our own product proposition. So that's one of the things. The other thing is we have a very clear distribution strategy. So we have one customer situation or problem in mind, and what I see from, from other players, being a traditional insurance incumbent, so also a lot of insurtechs, they say, hey, I want to be build an insurance company that is kind of based on technology. And so I build everything digitally and have an app and that kind of stuff. But what's your strategy? Which problem are you essentially solving? And so we what we picked is we want to have this situation that I experienced when I broke this glass from my landlord um, uh, after – dropping out of university and I had no insurance coverage. So that's exactly the people we're targeting. So we try to cover uncovered people that are kind of first-time insurance buyers and that's normally applies to graduates and, and job starters. So that's the segment. But the benefit of targeting this segment is that you have a very clear idea about the channels that you're using. For example, we have plenty of... Uh, like partnerships with university clubs, graduate clubs, um, and any kind of as- association uh, on a campus, on a u- university campus. And the other benefit is that these people really have a, a problem. They don't want to save a few bucks on changing car insurance. That's that's interesting. But they, but it's what's even more interesting is these people really need coverage because they come from being uh, covered by their family to being now financially independent, and they need to care about insurance and get safe. It's a super easy and quick way the way for them to first time, like get engaged with insurance, understand it, get it, and have like a peace of mind around this topic. And I think that's one of the secrets why we could grew, uh, grow so quickly. And that's also what I think, as you asked about competitors, and so, so, people still don't really understand that there's such a clear strategy behind also the distribution game and that this is also like a lever to be growing quickly it's not just big marketing budgets but it's really an idea of which customer problem you want to solve
1: you know chris I i gotta say it's it's um it's amazing to to see how you understand the customer um And, um, you know, as I, I'm listening to you speak, you know, I, I hear uh, a completely different customer understanding of those expectations mm-hmm. than what I would typically hear out of incumbents in this space, incumbent carriers. And um, what that, um, you know, shows me is, number one, you know, with that understanding, that's also, you know, a, a part of that significant growth that you have. But, but I, I do think that um, incumbents may have the ability to, to get it but they're also um, you know uh, stuck and with the linkages to a lot of the the legacy platform as well as thinking that might be preventing them from uh, being as nimble as you are to, in terms of pivoting into new directions for the, the, the customer Now with with your understanding of the customer experience, you know, you all originally launched, um, you know, a, a couple of lines You know, you provide liability you provide dental um, But uh, what does the future look like and, and what are you all looking to uh, provide going forward based on what you know for the customer need?
0: Yes, that's, that's uh, a big project, I would say. So, of course, for us, we always had the goal to be a multi-line insurance company. Why? I think one of the main reasons is that, first of all, we see it from a customer perspective, and I don't make this much difference between like, liability, renter's insurance, uh, or, or my dental insurance, so it's still all insurance, and I wanted to have it in one place. Before that, it was the broker aggregating it for me and trying to make the customer experience kind of consistent. Um, and now I think it's, it's time for direct uh, to consumer companies as we are to, to, to really make this, this, uh, this experience possible. Um, so I think that's um, uh, one, one vision that we always had. Um, and so that's also when we build our front and our back end, because both is important we always try to have this in mind. So how can we in the future build a, uh, like a multi-line insurance company that also aggregates all lines of business and all needs of the customer in one system? And that's a very big bis- uh, difference to how insurance companies, but also many startups and insurtechs are built today. Because first of all, insurtechs are, mo- are mostly focusing on one line or even one product. They're very nichey sometimes. And I think that, this is also then happens when you build the, the whole technology. You just think about this niche and build the back end for this niche. And then perhaps five years later, you wake up and say, hey, it makes sense to build more. And then you might have a problem with some tech legacy. And incumbents, they have another problem. They have all the lines. But as you know, the lines are separated. So it's normally Allianz, for example, or Exa have three different companies with three different boards and management teams. And... And databases and systems and everything that are PNC, life insurance, and health insurance. So again, three different companies. And we try to aggregate this in one single system. So for the moment, we are just offering PNC and some health insurance. So PNC for us means, again, liability, which is an independent uh, product and policy in Germany. In the US and the UK, for example, that's part of renter's insurance. But renters insurance is something, for example, that we launch in April of this year. And um, then we have dental insurance, which is kind of a supplementary health insurance. And then we have some add-ons that you can add to uh, liability insurance, for example, that's drone insurance. So we're just getting started. We have not so many product propositions, but we have like all the needs of the customer already in mind, and we at least have built our systems. Um, to match these needs in the future. And that's also what the future will look like. But the good thing is that our customer is in his like mid-20s and 20s, so still very young. And we also know from being a broker how insurance premium is developing over age. So we always see this nice S-curve. So you start with 25 and have very low expenses for insurance. But then you're getting 35, 10 years later, and then you get a family, buy cars, buy a house and everything. And then it really kicks in and premium becomes higher. So we still believe we have some time to build new propositions and we can grow with our customer base, but we have this already in mind and are also working even on some live insurance proposition uh, at least in, on, a, on a conceptual level.
1: Absolutely, you know, um, and um, I'm, I'm glad to see as you all are working out, um, you know, launching other lines, number one, that, that you're leveraging the same foundational platform um, and, um, and I know it's challenging for incumbents. right? You mentioned the AXA um, a- example where there's multiple lines and multiple systems and multiple board structures, especially as there were acquisitions and uh, uh, coordination of, of companies or, or growing startups from the ground up within AXA. Um, it, it does become challenging, especially as you're running um, a multi-billion dollar business on infrastructure that was separate for each types of 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 business that they were doing um and and that's i think again the, the the benefit of uh having a startup is you have the ability to ideate and then execute on that almost immediately um, so that you don't find yourself in that same position and, and, um, and allow yourself to build the infrastructure that's scalable um, to, to enable uh, a more streamlined ability to um, expand what what you're doing. Now, I really could see that as you all are uh, growing um, and as you grew this startup in practice, that there was some challenges that you ran into along the way, you know, so if you don't mind, you know, talk to me about some of the challenges that you faced um, and then what you did in order to mitigate those challenges and and continue to push forward to be successful in what you're doing.
0: Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, I don't even know where to start, but I always have some points in mind, of course, um, that were extremely challenging or difficult. And that's also personally for me what keeps you fresh and young and motivated is that you always have challenges that you need to overcome so you never get up thinking about stuff and and that keeps you also a startup somehow because you want to try it so hard that you always run into challenges uh, otherwise you probably don't uh, are, are not trying hard enough and um, so one thing for us and that's more a personal perspective for founders is to accept and to understand that insurance is a long-term game. And that's some, sometimes difficult to imagine that your company, uh, your, your, your customers that you're acquiring might stay with you for the rest of their life. So there's a big probability that some of our customers will stay for us for the next 30, 40 years. And I think you need to also to adapt your expectations to that and 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 believe and understand that things can go slower as you as you might have expected. And that was the case because, again, we also started in 2015 and We thought, oh, now insurance and insurtech is coming, and what uh, and things are developing. We see the first acquisitions by incumbents, and none of this happened. Um. So what we saw rather is that uh, a lot of companies started as digital brokers, especially in Europe, back in 2014 to fifteen, or even a bit earlier. And then we see kind of now a, a second wave of insurance. Which is really proper, full-stack digital insurance companies being built that re- require a lot of capital and regulation and time um, to yeah uh, to to yeah to to really grow and to be to be built um, um, and and, from, and totally from scratch, not only from the te- technology side, also from the regulation side. So that's one thing we had to accept, and I think it's moving extremely slowly. If you see the percentage of insured tech. Um, market share compared to still this huge incumbents, it's almost nothing. Um, The other challenge that we had internally is really kind of the evolution from being a digital broker to becoming a fully digital insurance company. Because it's a different business model, you have to change perspective and we also had to change the team. So before that, we were more people than we are now. So we are more than 60 people at safe but 30 of them were brokers in customer service because everything needs to be manually and it needs to be done manually and you need to advise people and you need to again adjust the intermediary. And what we have now is we have 45 people. That means we had to, to fire or to uh, yeah to fire some people and that we all also like but the business model was changing. Now we only have four customer service people. On many more customers. So on over 40,000 customers and, and customers are super happy. So it was really also about changing this, the whole structure of the company along the way and all this within just four years of existence. And that, of course, as you can imagine, was, was really hard, um, to do, but we think it was like, uh, the, the, the right decision. And like the last thing that many people are talking about is regulation and, but I, to be honest, don't think this is so hard. It's just something you need to do. Um, you need to accept that it's a regulated business, and that's a good thing, because at, at the end of the day, it's it's covering and protecting the customer. Um, so we just need to find a way to navigate this. We have great partners like Munich Re that help us doing this. So that is a challenge that I often hear, but that for me personally, is not that big thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I... I there's a lot of challenge in, in all areas that you mentioned from regulation to the, the pivoting of the business model in them um, and that's always tough especially you know uh, where you see that uh, the future is, is changing and you want to make sure that the skill set of your people, are changing along with the future of the business otherwise it'll be uh challenging to to create a a successful operation that's meeting the customer expectations um and um as and as a part of that because the business is different being a, a direct carrier slash um, you know, a technology outfit, you know, um, uh, you don't need as uh, many uh, people to service the customers since you're not processing as much or that there's not as a uh, significant amount of engagement day over day. Um, you know, so the ROI actually winds up increasing longer term as well um when, when you uh w- with the new business model that you all have changed. Um and, and you know what, what that leads me to say, to believe and, and, and to say of course is that um as um employees within this industry, you know, we all have to be focused on where the transformations are occurring and then upskill ourselves. To ensure that we can um, align with where those transformations are to change along with it you know so you know one of the questions that I always like to ask is you know if there's someone that's uh, listening to the two of us talk right and they wanted to really change the status quo in their organizations um, to innovate um, alongside of the transformation and innovation that's playing out in this industry what advice would you give them to be successful and move away from the status quo
0: that's uh, that's a very Difficult question, I think, because of course I know, I know, I never worked with a corporate. I always did my own co- companies. So, um, and and I'm fortunate enough to to say this, but on the other hand, I also understand from friends and people, and also from my what I am experienced while working in this industry. It can, like it's huge. Insurance companies are huge organizations. So it's really hard if you want to change the needle, especially if perhaps you're not like the chief executive officer um in the company that can at the end of the day decide things but what, what i normally think is you need to be really radical and um and what i normally suggest uh, people in the industry is um you need to to try new things on the green field because if you try to change like all your incumbent structures and alter the technology and improve it always a little bit to reach this one improvement, um, you are too slow because essentially you are like reaching stuff that others have already built. And when you end up having a website where people can buy insurance in five minutes, that's something that we believe is something we, 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 that was like a thing five to 10 years ago. Now it's not, not anymore about just buying insurance on a website. It's really about having an app and, and finding a way to engage to the customers through digital channels over 10, 20 years. Um, so I always suggest people try to find your greenfield um, or initiative, so small projects. and I'm pretty sure that you normally should get support from the organization to do so. If if it's not like exaggerated or too crazy, um, and try to create these greenfield stuff, but try also not to not not it being like a, a um, and an a startup lab or something that that is only creative but doesn't doesn't create real results. So. Um, in Europe, we see some initiatives that I think work really well. For example, one big insurance group from Switzerland, that's Balois, Um they started a greenfield, in, uh, greenfield insurance carrier that is called Friday. They're a little bit something like Metro Mala Route, so it's uh, digital car insurance. Um, and it's working really well. They have a team. This team is like, incentivized as founders are, and, um, and it's a team of tech founders, essentially, but it's still kind of owned by Balwas. Um, it costs them a lot of money, like millions and hundreds of millions perhaps, but it's really making, um, like creating a change. And then they can still decide after some years if they want to integrate this into Baloa's group or if it just was a, a nice digital project and company that perhaps they can sell or keep independently. So my, like, my, my key word here is greenfield. Um Although I know sometimes, especially in smaller departments, it's sometimes very challenging to do so. Uh,
1: Absolutely. You know, so, hey, Chris, uh, I want to say thank you. You know, this was a a great conversation. I do truly appreciate talking to you about what you're doing with GetSafe and uh, what your thoughts are around the industry. You know, if anyone wanted to either learn more or to uh, get in contact with yourself, you know, what's the best way for them to do that?
0: I use LinkedIn a lot. That's like the only professional a social network i use um so that's the best way to connect to me i also uh usually i'm quick to answer and um, i'm very happy like especially to have conversation on an on a global level because i think that insurance and the the problems that we are solving for people are the same in every point in country of the world and we just need to find a better way to serve our customers and to solve this problem and so i think that the like global connection also towards the us and so is very fruitful for both sides and i'm very open to it so linkedin is a place to find me and happy to get some some new friends and connections
1: great well hey chris you know once again i want to say thank you i, I am you know truly looking forward to continuing to follow what you all are doing with get safe
0: hey thanks for the invitation and the time and the great questions so go on doing this
1: All right. So if you got anything from that episode with Chris, just give me a shout out on LinkedIn to tell me, you know, what you're hearing and what you're doing with the information that you're listening to here on this podcast. So, you know, I want to say thank you for listening. I truly appreciate it. Next week, we're going to have a repeat because I'll be in London, but it'll be the episode with Daniel Schreiber. Hopefully you can get a lot out of that episode itself. So once again, thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.